Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Y'all, I feel like we already had some church up in here. Maybe I should just say amen and dismiss. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are new here today, welcome to the first day of 2023. Come on now. Uh, my name is Michelle Burton. Uh, Pastor James and Pastor Debbie are taking some time off. Uh, they'll be back with you next week. Um, I absolutely love being here with you on January 1st. Can somebody say, we made it? We made it. We made it. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am so done with 2022. I always like to take a look back before I start preparing for the year ahead. So our 2022 looks something like this. Y'all ready? We started off unemployed, trying to make ends meet, to my husband going to the dentist only to find out that he had a cavity which led us to, believe it or not, four months later, a quadruple bypass. The running joke was that he tried to leave me, but Jesus said, no, I don't want you yet. <laughs> the man died four times on the table, and he is here with me today. I am so <laughs> thankful. After all of that, we came home, literally, I want to say the same week, and he got a job offer that he had interviewed for at the beginning of the year. My oldest son then, we found out, had a tumor in his neck. It had to be removed. Uh, it was benign, thank you, Jesus, but it had grown exponentially over the course of four months, so uh, we dealt with that for a few months as well. My grandson had two major health scares. One involved a cardiologist, and the other a urologist. We, love, uh, we loved and lost our beloved bishop last year. And I don't know about you, but come on 2023. I am so ready that last night I got the opportunity to celebrate my baby's engagement party. He finally asked the love of his life after five years to marry him a couple of months ago, and we celebrated in style last night. We had so much fun. Uh, and so we left on a high note, uh, and then I got up this morning, and I was like, oh, Lord, I'm so tired. <laughs> so if I miss something, y'all give me some grace, right? So I'm super excited. Has anybody here started their New Year's resolution list yet? Come on, I know you planners in here. I see Denise shaking her head. She probably already has the top 20. If you don't, there's still time. There's 364 days left to make it happen. So do, y all, do some of y'all know the top 10 New Year resolutions? Come on, give them, give them to me. Exercise more. I mean, how many of y'all have purchased those uh, yoga pants and Adidas? Come on now. None of y'all are raising your hand. Y'all are in church. Lose weight, right? One year I filled up my fridge with fruits and veggies. I'm pretty sure they all went bad. Uh, one of them is get organized. Y'all do not have a problem with that one. I'm like one of the most organized people on the planet. I can't even imagine some of y'all's chaotic lives. Maybe y'all need to hire me to be your organizer. Uh, learn a new skill or hobby. 
save more money, spend less money, right? That's always the key thing. I usually start off pretty strong with that one, the first 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, quit smoking or drinking, insert another bad habit here. I would spend more time with family and friends. Travel more. How are you going to travel more if you, like, you know, supposed to be not spending money? Read more. And I love this one. This was my favorite one. Live life to the fullest. Now, that is what I call a lazy man's way out. Like, no commitment here, right? Just live life to the fullest. So every year I ask God, God, what do you want in my life to be different this year? And look, I've done this list probably many, many, many times. And I know for a fact that they never stick. And this is how I know. Am I a size two? No. Do I still eat chocolate when I'm stressed? Why, yes. Yes, I do. Do I need to attend SA? Starbucks Anonymous. Probably. Tanya said yes. I have failed more times than I can count at the lose weight, exercise more, kick a habit, live life to the fullest list. As a matter of fact, in a study by the National Library of Medicine, over 50% of you will quit your New Year's resolution by the end of January. Okay? So right here, over... In 30 days, y'all failed. Okay? 75% of you, check this out, will make it a mere two weeks later. So February 14th. So this side over, big fat fail. The ones that are left, you 25% over here, give your neighbor a high five. Y'all are the most amazing people. You succeed every year, right? This side right here. Sorry, y'all. I'm so sorry. Why is that? I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says this. He says that uh, we have good intentions, right? We start off on January 1st ready to go on fire. But what we don't have is God intentions, and there's a huge difference between the two. And I think we fail because we aren't choosing these God intentions. So this year, I want to challenge you to go beyond just having good intentions. I want you to really listen to what God wants for you and from you. So I have made it easy today. Instead of making this impossible list to put in place, how about we pick one thing? We all can do one thing, right? One is one. One is manageable. So the title of my message today is One Thing. Tell your neighbor one thing. So we're going to start today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start today in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40. It's a familiar story about two women. Uh, if you've been in church any length of time, you know this story, you've heard this story, you relate to this story. Uh, it's about uh, Martha and Mary. Um, however, I'm going to read it today, and I want you to pay attention to how these two women have entirely different intentions. One is worried and distracted, and one is seeking. So in verse 38, it says this. Now, as they were traveling along, this is Jesus and his disciples, 
he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Tell her to help me. And I love Jesus' response to Martha. He says, Michelle, Michelle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by what? Many things. I mean, let's just stop right there. How can we do one thing well when we are distracted by many things? And then he says this. There's only one thing that's necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. One had good intentions, the other had God intentions, and Jesus himself said there was only one thing that mattered. The distractions and worries won't get you anywhere, only seeking him first will. The one thing that matters, which then makes sense to me in Matthew 6, when Jesus is telling his disciples not to worry about the day-to-day distractions. He says in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, the many things that go on. And then he goes on to tell them not to worry about eating and drinking and what they're going to wear. And he says, but seek first, this is in verse 33, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Removing the worry, the distractions, and focusing on the one thing, the one thing that matters, and that's Jesus. Everyone say one thing. So I'm going to ask you today three one-thing questions. Uh, It should be in your notes. Uh, My prayer is today that God would birth in you just one God-centered thing, just one that will be different for you this year, that will totally and radically change your life and how you move forward in 2023. Are you all ready? Okay. Liz says yes. So King David, we all know King David, he was described as a man after God's own heart because if he desired one thing, it was this. Psalm 27.4 says this. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. He says, if I could have one thing, I would want it to be with God, to be in his presence. If it's the one thing I need in the good times, it's God. If it's the one thing I need in the bad times, it's God. If it's the one thing I desire above all else is to dwell and live in the presence of God. So start there. Write this down. I want to be in your presence more this year. That's it. I want to be in your presence more this year. That's the one thing that we should desire above all else. So how can you make that happen, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. The one thing, your first one thing question is this. And this one's going to kind of hurt a little bit. You ready? What one thing do you lack? 
When it comes to your spiritual life, what is the one thing that you're lacking? What is the one thing that's missing or keeping you from his presence? There's an interesting story in Mark 10 about a rich young ruler. And he asked Jesus, what do I need to inherit eternal life? He has everything else. He just wants the next thing. Jesus said, well, obey my commands. And he's like, cool. I don't steal. I don't lie. I honor my mom and dad. I haven't committed adultery. God is God. Check, check, check. I'm good then. I got this. But Jesus saw his heart, where he was spiritually. He knew the rich young ruler had a heart problem. He had a spiritual problem. So in Mark 10, verse 21 and 22, Jesus looked at him and loved him. I wish I could just sit here for a minute. He looked at him and he loved him. Can I do just like a little Bible study lesson here? Y'all know the word agape. If you've been in church, you know the word agape. Agape is that uh, sacrificial love, that kind of love that Jesus exhibited on the cross. It's the kind of love that sometimes as humans we can't fathom, nor can we express. We fall short, okay? It's that that. God kind of love. This word here is different. It's agapeo. Y'all, it means beloved. Like he knew the rich young ruler had a heart problem, and he loved him anyway. He's trying to get something to him. He was his beloved. He says, one thing you lack Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. You know, the saddest part about this story is these words. He went away. He walked away from Jesus because what he had right in front of him was more important like, I, I always look at this story, and I always wish he just would have said, okay, Lord, I'm going to struggle with this one, but I'm going to walk with you anyway so you can show me how. But he didn't, because what he had in front of him was more important than Jesus. So what's the one thing standing in your way of your spiritual growth? For this guy, it was his material wealth and possessions, and maybe his ego, right? He wasn't willing to give up his life for Jesus, He didn't have that same agape, oh, love for Jesus. He wasn't seeking Jesus. He was seeking status, stability, maybe some security. Eternal life to him wasn't a gift. It was something else to add to his accomplishments. And Jesus told him that the one thing that would benefit him spiritually was to give it all up and follow him. So what's keeping you from following him today? What's the one thing that's hindering your spiritual walk? Is it status? Is it money? Is your image more important? Is it fear? Fear of what others will think? Fear of giving up something? You got to give something up. Right? Is it sin? Wrong relationships? Wrong habits? Wrong mindset? I told you this one was going to hurt. Like, I have people ask me all the time, how do I have a deeper relationship with God? You have to define the one thing you lack and then ask God to help you. You know it. 
You know the one thing. If you sit still long enough, you know the one thing that's keeping you from following God wholeheartedly, sold out for him, surrendered to him. So how do you do this? Prayer, develop a prayer life. Decide that this is the year you're going to grow and develop and speak to God. People, read your Bible. I mean, I always, tell, I always say that how many, how many minutes a day do you spend in the Word? Because look here, how can you grow if you don't know what the Word says? Y'all can't live other people's life. You have to live the life that God is birthing in you. And the only way to do that is to read the Word. Read the Word and understand what He's trying to get to you. Setting time aside each day to read and understand. Look, remember Mary? She was sitting at his feet first. She didn't care about none of y'all getting no bread. She didn't care about the house being swept. She didn't care about the dishes being clean. She sought him first. And it even said she was listening to his word. So when I read that again, I was like, wait a minute. John 1.1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, y'all, was teaching her the Word. She's sitting at his feet. Jesus was teaching her about himself. Look, we don't have him physically here, but we have his Word and we have his Holy Spirit. Why would you not sit at his feet so that the Word can teach you about the Word? Now, y'all know I can't get away from this. Y'all got to join a life group. I'm just saying. Thank you to my life group leaders here. And, I, you know, I have to do this for my father. Men, there is a group that starts this Tuesday night right here at 7 p.m. Studying the book of Mark. Your one thing could be committing to Tuesday night life group, 7 o'clock. It starts this week. I just gave him a plug. Look, freedom is found here. Connections are made here. Questions are answered here. Accountability lives here. You can't do this life by yourself. Why? Because you don't have anybody directing you. You don't have anybody telling you you're off track. You're not ha you don't have anybody that tells you. You remember that one thing you told me in group one time? You said you were going to do this. You said you were going to treat your wife better. And I don't see that. So we're going to pray, and we're going to love you through this, and we're going to show you what the Word says. You can't do that by yourself because you're just living your life thinking everything's good when it's not. And trust me, I'm the one. I'm, I'm speaking truth here. Life group. I don't want nothing to do with all these people. I don't know these people. We were in staff meeting a few weeks ago, and we were brainstorming some of the things that we could do, and I had a really good idea, y'all. It was like awesome. I was like, oh, we need to do this. Like maybe we can get them to do this and they can log on and we can do this, uh, uh, this devotional with them. And it would be so awesome. And Pastor James says, well, Michelle, if you walked in these doors, like, would you do that? And I was like, no. I wouldn't because I don't know these people. And he's like busted out laughing. He was like, okay, well, then we ain't doing it. <laughs> I was like, oh, but it was a really good idea. 
Why do you think we fell out all this stuff? The list, because we don't have people that keep us accountable. If someone joins a gym and they bring a partner with them, they are more likely to succeed, right? As a matter of fact, when Matt was helping me with these notes, he said, well, babe, like, what is your one thing? I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell him. Because if I tell him, he's going to ask me if I'm doing it. <laughs> and I don't want to tell you all right now. I know, right? Okay, so I am going to tell you. I did write it in blue in case I wanted to, like, you know, delete it. So one of the things I want to work on this year is I want to text less. I am like the best texter. Like I love to send scriptures and encouragement and I can pray for you over text. Like I'm like the best at it. And God has really been challenging me the last few months and asking me somewhere along the way, Michelle, you stopped calling you stopped meeting face to face. So if I want God intentions this year, then I need to obey his whisper. He wants me to deepen my relationships with others. Now notice I didn't say I was going to give up Starbucks because that's going to be my primary meeting place. Just saying. So no essay for me right now. But seriously, and I have great people that'll keep me on track. Like, I know Liz right now, she's already thinking about when's the next time I can say face-to-face, girl, face-to-face. We ain't doing this texting. You're either going to call me or we're going to meet face-to-face. That's what Life Group does for you. Amen? Okay, stepping into growth track. Look, learning more about being rooted and planted in the house of God. And we have some exciting things coming in 2023, y'all. We have been nonstop planning non-stop about what we can do to take your spiritual walk to the next level. And it's going to start February 7th in the first class of Growth Track, and I'm so excited. So what is it today? What's the one thing you lack that could turn your life around spiritually? I encourage you to think about it, pray about it, and then do it. And look, these notes, they're painful, Take them home, write on them, look at them, read the scripture for yourself. Ask God to show you what is the one thing I lack that's hindering my walk with you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay, ready? Here we go. One more painful thing. What's the one thing that you need to let go? What one thing is it that you continue to hold on to that holds you back from God and where he wants you to be? Now, look, I love the Apostle Paul. He dedicated his entire life to Jesus and knowing him. Not just knowing him, not just knowing about him, because I think sometimes we walk around, we know about Jesus. But do you know him? And that was Paul's desire. He wanted to know him and the power of his, rex- of his resurrection. And how did he obtain this knowledge of Christ? Philippians 3, 13, 14. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look, listen to the tone again. He's straining. He's pressing towards. It's like a battle is occurring here, here, and it is. The word says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We are literally straining against the flesh here. The flesh wants you to stay put. I mean, look, this is why Paul tells the Romans back in chapter 7, for I do not understand my own actions. I do not get this crazy mind of mine, for I do not do what I want to do. And the things I do want to do, I don't. Paul had to work hard at forgetting and letting go and forging ahead. Look, this was the guy that personally approved the stoning of Stephen. He watched over the coats of the people who threw the stones. Maybe he was letting go of that. This was the guy that persecuted the church and willingly asked for approval to arrest anyone following Jesus. He went from house to house arresting men and women and putting them in jail. Maybe he was trying to let go of that. It could have been the pain that he experienced suffering for Christ. I mean, he was five times whipped, each time with 40 lashes across his back, three times beaten with, rod, with rods. He was stoned, left for dead. Maybe he was saying, I have to let go of all that. Right now, when he's writing Philippians, he's in prison, and he's in his 50s. I mean, let that sink in for you, for those of you who think it's too late. He's in his 50s, and he's still having to remind himself, I need to let go of what's behind me. I need to strain forward. I need to press on. He was still a work in progress. As a matter of fact, verse 12, the scripture before that, he says, I have already... Not that I have already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his. He was still a work in in progress. So over and over and over again, this is the one thing he does. He lets go so he can move forward. As my husband says, let it go, woman. He always tells all the time, let it go on, but it's not that easy. Like sometimes we just, Liz, sometimes we just want to sit in it for a while. It feels good. But you got to let it go. When we first got married, one of the things I had a hard time of letting go was my past relationships. It wasn't even my husband that had hurt me. It was my past relationships. It was with other people, but this poor man got the brunt of it all. So when we did get in a fight, it was always major, like major, because I couldn't let go of what was done to me or said to me in the past, major because I was always in fear that he was just on the brink of doing the exact same thing that I had experienced. Like he's getting close, like he's about to do it. And major because when I would think we were headed in that direction, what would I do? I would sabotage our chances of reconciling. I had to let go of all that and learn. I had to retrain 
myself on how to deal with my past hurts and disappointments and learn how to work things out when we did have a disagreement. And y'all, by the way, that takes life group. It takes God and it takes life group. Okay, because we, we could not have done it on our own. I had to learn the Christ way of being in a marriage. And through all of that, I discovered just how insecure I was, how fearful I was, how my feelings of being told that I was worthless or a horrible wife or a worse mother had consumed my entire way of thinking. So I had to let it go. And sometimes I still have to let it go again and again and again and again. I have to remind myself that I am moving forward, that I am pressing forward to Jesus and what he has for me. I can't do it any other way. There are some of you that the reason you're not moving forward to where God wants you to be is because you're holding on to something from the past. And it's time to let go. Someone hurt you, unforgiveness and bitterness has set up camp in your heart, and it's time to let go. God wants to do something new in your life, but he can't because you won't let go. He can't work in your marriage because you won't let go of past hurts and disappointments or unmet expectations. He can't heal your wounds because you won't let go of guilt and shame and regret. He can't heal your mind if you don't let go of worry and anxiety and fear and control. He can't open new doors because you won't let go of pride and selfishness. You have to let it go. And it's not easy. It's, it's easy for me to tell you to let it go. All y'all, let it go. That's it. We're done. You guys are going to leave here happy. The weight's been lifted off. I know it's a struggle. I've lived it. I still live it. But we have to learn to let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. And if she's a woman, say, let it go, woman. <laughs> okay, look, are you ready for some good stuff? We talked about one thing you lack and the one thing that you need to let go, right? So let's talk about the good stuff. What one promise for 2023 do you need to latch on to? Now, originally the word here was claim, but it didn't start with an L, so I had to change it. Lack, let go, claim, that didn't sound right. So, you know me, I'm, I got that organization thing going on. So latch on to, what do I mean by that? What is the thing, this is the promise that you can hold on to that right now in your life you can claim as a fact. Like I know this is a fact. This is the one thing I know. Look, King David had a promise, a promise to one day be king, but it took him a long time to get there. And in Psalm 56, he says, he basically says this, there are so many things I do not know right now. There are so many questions that I cannot answer. There are so many details that are not going the way I wished they should, like 2022. But in Psalm 56, 56, verse 9, he says this, This one thing I know, God is for me. God is for me. And I love this version because he says, I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. Where would we be without the promises that he has left us in his word? 
He says, I'm not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. I'm not, I'm not afraid of all that stuff that happened in 2022. I'm not even afraid of what's going to be in front of me in 2023 because I have a promise. He says this one thing I know, God is for me. And because that one promise is true in my life that I don't see anything else that I want to see, that's enough. If it doesn't go my way, that's enough. Because the one thing I know, God is still on the throne and he is for me and his promises are praiseworthy. Can I get an amen? amen? He's good. He is a good God. And his promises are praiseworthy. So in your notes, I gave you just a few. You've probably seen some of them before. I challenge you to go look up um, some that maybe speak to you. Uh, there was someone last night that shared with me. She, she stands on be still and know that I am God. That's what's going to get her through 2023. But are you ready? I'm just going to read you some of these promises in Michelle Burton fashion. Are you ready for this? God promises in his word to meet every need you have from his glorious riches. Let me tell you something. If you are hurting financially and you're afraid, God promises that he will meet every single need. Every single need. That whole struggle we had last year, starting with unemployment to quadruple bypass surgery to everything else, God met Every single need. We were fed. We were clothed. We had a roof over our head. We had a bed to sleep on. We had food for our bellies. Y'all, I cannot tell you. We had people in, from this church step in and take care of us. There were two months leading up to quadruple bypass surgery. Two, that we did not have money for bills. But by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, God worked through people that helped us meet our needs. He met our needs. And he will meet yours. Remember, King David says, what can mere man do to me? When God is meeting my needs, what, what, what could go wrong? God promises that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. Health concern after health concern after health concern was the... The theme of 2022. There's always a way out. There is power through Jesus. God promises to forgive all your sins. If you are hurting today and the, from the weight of the past, if you're saying, I did this and I shouldn't have and I feel ashamed, guess what? This is so good. It's forgiven. God will cast it into the sea of forgetfulness and he will remember it no more. God promises to make everything, even the bad things, especially the bad things. To make everything work together for good. He takes it all. I don't know how he does it. He takes the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he makes it beautiful. God promises if you feel alone or abandoned that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. 
He will be with you forever. Like if God is on our side, again, I go back to what can mere man do to me? God promises to be your ever-present help in trouble. God promises to give strength to the weary. He is your strength. When you are weak, he is strong. God promises to guide you and give you directions. Many of you don't even know what to do next. What am I going to do? God will guide you. The word says that he is the good shepherd. The sheep recognize the voice of the good shepherd. He will lead you. Your goal is to follow. He promises to guide you in every aspect of your life. God promises to give you peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. Many of you are facing significant trials, and you don't even know how to get through it. Guess what? God supernaturally can input his peace into your life. It was crazy that whole ordeal last year with the, with the surgery with my husband. The peace that we had. We knew, we knew God was in the middle of it. And we had this crazy peace we could not explain. It was like, oh, it's all good. God's got this. No matter what happens, God has this. God promises to give you power to defeat Satan, to overcome the work of the evil one. The word says if you resist him, he must flee. God promises that nothing will separate you from his love, not death, Okay, wait. Are you ready? Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation. Nothing is nothing. Nothing can separate you from God. Not your past, not what you're walking in right now, not your future. God promises you that, you're, that you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And for those of you who are not walking with God, let me tell you something. He promises you eternal life. Eternal life. It's not just something to obtain. It's a free gift for accepting Jesus. So ask yourself, what one thing do you lack? Will you have the courage to obey the voice of God today? How can you step up your game? Like it's time. Stop sitting in the pew. Get involved. What one thing do you need to let go? Let it go. Let it go and move forward. And what one promise do you need to latch on to? Look, there are some things that I don't know, but this one thing I do, that God is for me. Look, if y'all walk out of here and just said that, you would already start this year off just ready to overcome and take on whatever is next. And if you don't know today your one thing, that's okay. Because guess what? Next week starts 21 days of prayer and fasting. What an awesome time to give it to God and allow God to speak to you for those 21 days. All right. Can you believe it? I'm done. Stand up. Let's pray. They know me so well they didn't even put my timer on.
it feels good to be in the house of God. God is for you. He's for you and your marriage. He's for you and your family and your children. He's for you. He loves you. He wants the good things. He wants you to seek him. If you don't do anything else, could you just allow the word to teach you the word? Just commit to that one thing. I promise you, I promise you, you will not regret it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that even though a painful year for many of us in 2022 is past, that today is a new day. I thank you, Lord, that we are not satisfied where we're at today, but we're hungry for what's next. And I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of new beginnings, that you're a God of fresh starts, that you're a God of first. I ask you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would uncover the one thing that we truly need, that we would seek your kingdom first and above all else. We would learn to sit at your feet again and discover the word. I pray that you would give us the power where we are weak and you would help us change the one thing and let it all be for your glory. As we keep praying today, I want to be sensitive to those who may not have a relationship with Jesus, but are desperately searching for the one thing. Perhaps this is the one reason why you came, that your one thing be Jesus. And you may say, I'm not sure what to do next. Well, here it is. Call on him. If that's you and you're ready to take your next step, would you raise your hand? No one's looking. No one's peeking. If you want to start today, I would ask you to pray this prayer. Everybody pray. Jesus, I want to put you first in my life. I want to be right with you. That is my one thing today. I need healing. I need forgiveness. And I need you. I surrender my life to you. This is my one thing. In Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we have a Bible for you. We would love to get you started. You can come up here and see Miss Brenda. Y'all have an amazing first day. I think we're going to be in VIP today. I would love to meet you. I'd love to shake your hand and welcome you and give, and give you a big old hug and wish you a happy new year. Y'all look amazing. Thank you for coming today. Have a great day. Have a champion week.
for you I'm desperate for you